0: And the chapter we read, and particularly the verses we read in the beginning, define one of the scriptural grounds for the teaching of our catechism in Lord's Day 24. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? <coughs> God forbid. How shall we uh, that are dead to sin live in the longer therein? And many other passages of Holy Writ, beloved, they strike the very same note. And that meets the objection. Uh, that is raised against uh, the doctrine of justification by faith only uh, that is treated in Lord's Day 24 objection is treated there uh, but cannot our good works be the whole a part of our righteousness before God Because that, why cannot? Because that the righteousness which can be approved of before the tribunal of God must be absolutely perfect and in all respects conformable to the divine law and also that our best works in this life are all imperfect and defied with sin. What? What? Do not our good works merit, which yet God will reward in this and in the future life? This reward is not of merit, but of grace. But doth not this doctrine make man careless and profane? By no means, mark you, by no means, for it is impossible that those who are implanted into Christ by true faith should not bring forth fruits of thankfulness. And therefore, beloved, this particular Lord's Day uh, treats, as I said, of an objection. An objection uh, that is raised against the pure doctrine of justification by faith, which is is not uh, very easy for a natural man and even for the sinful nature of the Christian to accept That's not easy. We really don't want that, beloved. We don't want it. We want to do something. We always want to do something. We always have a feeling more or less strong in our hearts and minds uh, that if we do not do something, we can never be righteous before God. Yet that is exactly the teaching of Lord's Day 23, which we have heard expounded last Sunday morning with Reverend Hancock. Exactly that. Righteousness before God has nothing to do with our work.
1: Nothing.
0: Absolutely nothing. That's the teaching that must be emphasized. Otherwise we lose our comfort in life and in death. Don't misunderstand me. I don't mean that we mustn't do good works. That's not the question. But I mean to emphasize, beloved, that our righteousness before God has nothing to do with our good works. Absolutely nothing. That's it. We saved the sinners. I'd like to have you say that with me, beloved, with me. I am a sinner, saved by grace. That's my confession before you. Will you confess that before me, too, and before God, so that all of us can say exactly that, exactly that, nothing else, nothing more, nothing less. Say it, beloved, in your heart. I am a sinner saved by grace. That biblical, that confessional, uh, that's our Heidelberg Catechism in Lord's Day, twenty three. Nothing else. And in Lord J 24, beloved, that but Catechism emphasizes that truth by meeting an objection. And therefore, we really have three negative answers here. Really negative answers. Negative questions. and we righteous at all by a works no doesn't god reward our works no no except by grace not a work what If that is so, is it not better to walk in sin? Impossible. Impossible. No. We cannot walk in sin. Not to be righteous by faith. That's this Lord's day, and very brief. And I'd like to expound it a little bit yet, before you go home. We speak, therefore, beloved, as it was announced on the bulletin, a justification without works. Let's see that works are not the ground of our justification. Let's see, following the catechism, that the reward is a reward of grace. let see that justification has sure fruit. Sure fruit. And the third thing. First of all, then, beloved, the justification has nothing to do as ground with our good work. You must remember when we speak of good works here, we mean the good works of a Christian, not uh, the works of a natural man, of course not. The works of a natural man are all evil. They cannot be the ground of anything at all before God. Natural man is corrupt. totally depraved. He cannot even begin to think of good work. Not before God. He may boast. But when he stands before God, beloved, really, when a natural man stands before God, when God forces him once in a while to stand before God, he knows very well that he, he, he does not do any good work. He knows that in his deepest heart. No matter how pious and how good he may seem to be, and no matter how pious and good he may may seem to be before his own imagination, he knows that in his deepest heart. But that's not the question here. The question is uh, the good works of a Christian. Good works of a Christian. The Christian uh, that is not a natural man, but a new man. The Christian uh, that is regenerated, so that he has in his deepest heart the principle of a new life, and the principle, therefore, also of the love of God, so that it knows that God loves him, as so that it knows too. Uh, that he loves God that's the Christian the regenerated man uh, that is called and that has the faith the conscious faith in his heart and that is Justified and sanctified, so that in principle he is not only in his deepest heart in man, but also in his life. As we are here in this morning hour, beloved. I said, we must say, I am a sinner. That's all right. I say that, and you say that, I'm confident. I'm a sinner. But you say more. I'm a sinner saved by grace. And to be saved by grace means that uh, we are new men. New men. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. For in Christ Jesus, we have become new creatures. That's the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. That's the way it is. And the question is, beloved, whether the good works of that Christian cannot be and must not be, and are not, part of the righteousness which the Christian has before God. That's the question. Do we not feel in our own heart sometimes, beloved? No, maybe not in our hearts. But nevertheless, in our consciousness, as if that must be the case. We do all kinds of good works, do we not? We do all kinds of good work. Really good work. Faith is good work, that is, act of faith. The act of faith is good work. Well, can't we say that because of that act of faith We are righteous before God? No. That's what Catechum says. Repentance, which is one of the fruits of faith, is good work. Repentance before God when we are truly sorry for our sins, that's good work. Do we not feel sometime, beloved, that when we repent, then that act of repentance ought to be an act of righteousness before God, so that we are justified also, at least in part, by that act of repentance? Uh, do you not feel that way sometimes? I must confess, I, I, I feel that way uh, if I'm not uh, if I don't watch out. Easy for me to do that. When I feel, I say uh, I feel sorry for my sins. When I confess that I'm sorry for my sins, I think that, that confession makes me feel. If I do not look out righteous. Is that possible? Is the act of repentance part of a righteousness before God? No, says the Arabic. Not at all. Not at all. As far as that is concerned, you may just as well not repent. That's what, that's the Catechism. Just as well. That's it. I want to emphasize that. I must emphasize that. We have uh, the good work of love, Uh, the consciousness that God loves us. But also, beloved, the response to that consciousness that we love God. And in that love of God, that we also love one another. We love one another, do we not? Principally. I love you. And you love me. as people of God, and you love one another as people of God, now then, that's good work. That's good work. But isn't that love, beloved, isn't that love of God and the love of one another an element of righteousness do we not feel that just as hatred against one another condemns us before god so love of one another makes us righteous before god no oh, the condemnation kind of That's all. Nothing to do with our righteousness before God, below, know. And so we can go on. We have the work of prayer. We pray. We pray publicly. We pray privately. We pray at home. We pray in church. We pray in our societies. We pray. Prayer is a good work. Certainly is a good work. Doesn't that work of prayer make us righteous before God? No, the catechism, no. You can sum up all the good works you will. Education of our children, instruction, worship in church, all those things, beloved, we, we must do. We must not forsake, must, must not omit, must not neglect. But if it comes to the question whether anything that we do has anything to do with our righteousness before God anything at all. Or let me put it this way. If we have an idea that any of our good works make us more righteous before God than we are, whether any of our good works, let me say, probably it gives us a higher and more blessed place in glory and in heaven so that we merit something, merit something with our good works. Then the catechism says, no, and we do too. And the scriptures do, beloved. The scriptures do. Not only the catechism, the scriptures condemn that attitude. You know, in the first place, at the catechism as it two, uh, that is so absolutely impossible, uh, that our works can merit any righteousness before God whatsoever. In the first place because uh, beloved, as, as I will uh, come back on presently, our righteousness is perfect. Our righteousness is perfect without our works. And righteousness is righteousness, and you can never make anything more righteous than righteous. Our righteousness is completely perfect. That first of all. But in the second place, we must remember and we must confess and we must humbly confess, beloved, that our good works can never merit anything at all, merit anything. We are obliged before God to do good works. Obliged. Suppose, suppose, which is impossible, but suppose that we uh, never sinned Suppose that we never sin. Never at all. From a birth on, suppose. Suppose that we walked in perfect love of God and perfect love of one another. Suppose that were true. Would we merit anything? Could, could we say to God, now, here I I uh, perform perfect righteousness, and now what do I get? What am I going to have? Oh, no, beloved. No. Two. If we were perfectly righteous all our life, we could never go to hell. But God simply could drop us. Drop us out of existence. There men. God could simply say, all right, you have performed all you had to do, and now I drop you. Nothing wrong. We never can learn anything any, anything with God. Never. That's impossible. Let's say that first of all, Bill. But secondly, as the Hartleburg Catechism emphasizes, Our works are never good, never perfect. Our works are defiled with sin, beloved. Mine are. Even when I, when I stand here, when I stand here leading you and in in, in your worship. You probably think, I'm I'm a pretty good man. But when I stand here, beloved, and I pray, and I preach, and examine what I do, as I'm doing now, then I must say, beloved, after all, there's quite a little pride in my preaching. I say to myself, "You put a good picture, I can't help that. Pretty good picture. Maybe you said that too. But nevertheless, that's all nonsense. That's sin. That's corruption. I should be. I should be perfectly righteous and perfectly holy in my preaching. I'm not. I'm not." My preaching is defiled with sin, beloved. And so was all your work. All your work is defiled with sin. Yours too. You can never, never do anything, beloved, of which you could say, "Wow, well, uh, that was really perfect. No, sir. You can And if that is so, if our best works are defied with sin, and they are. Because we have but a small beginning of the new obedience in our hearts. And all the rest in our minds, and in our will, and in our desires, in in our action, is sinful, Beloved. Because, I say, we have but a small beginning of that new obedience. Therefore, all our works are necessarily defiled with sin, mine, and yours.
1: Don't forget. That's true.
0: Let's say it. Let's confess it before God. Well, uh, if that's so and that is so, how is it possible Uh, that our good works, which in the first place can never merit anything with God, but in the second place are all defiled with sin, how would it be possible that our good works can be a righteousness, a part of our righteousness before God? God forbid, and God be thanked, beloved, that that isn't so. It isn't so. I say emphatically with the catechism, no, God be thanked. I'm righteous. I'm righteous before God forever. Forever. Apart from what I do. Justification is absolutely first, beloved. The work of God, the work of the grace of God, which is called justification, is absolutely first. Always first. It's first because we are justified in Christ. In Christ. Only as being in Christ can we possibly be justified. I don't mean now a justification by faith, That's the fruit of it. I mean, objectively. I don't know whether you understand that word, objectively. I understand it, but maybe you don't. I mean, apart from anything that I am, and apart from anything that I experience, Apart from anything that I believe, apart from my faith, I am in Christ! I am in Christ. Objective. So are you, I believe, as the Church of Jesus Christ. We are in Christ. How come? We are in Christ, beloved. From all eternity, in the counsel of God, God's elect are eternally in Christ. Not forget that. He's elect. Of course we would, we talk about justification. We talk about the elect. You cannot separate justification from election. You cannot. And the elect, beloved, are in Christ. Christ was the first elect, if I may say so. Christ, not the Son of God, but Son of God, as he is manifested in the flesh and in an all his manifestation, that Christ was chosen first in God's counsel. And in Christ, the elect were chosen, beloved, in such a way that they are in Christ in such a way that God can never consider them outside of Christ. Never does. He doesn't. He cannot. And because the elect are eternally in Christ, beloved, Therefore, God can never see them in any way as chosen, elect, righteous sinners. Oh, God knows that we are sinners. God sees that we are sinners. He sees that we are sinners in this council. Oh, yes, he does. Of course, beloved. But he sees us from eternity to eternity as sinners in Christ. Understand? He never sees us and he never saw us, beloved, as elect in Christ. He never sees us and he never saw us in any other way than as sinners, yes, 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 but as sinners in Christ. That's the truth. That's the truth. Sinners in Christ. God be thanked, beloved. Believe that, beloved? Oh, you believe that? Still more. Wait a minute. I'm not through yet. That Christ, in whom God saw us from eternity as sinners that were righteous, as justified sinners because of Christ, that Christ, beloved, came in the fullness of time. He came, in the fullness of time, long before you and I were here. And 1900 years ago, beloved, Christ came as the head of his people, according to God's counsel, as the head of those that were in him, Christ And Christ took all our sins upon his mighty shoulders as he had them in God's counsel too. God sees us as sinners, beloved, in Christ, And because he sees us as sinners in Christ, he also sees that our sins, the sins of the elect, are principally on Christ and not on us anymore. Never never were. Never were, in fact. Not on God's coming. Christ. Christ
1: is responsible.
0: And therefore, as Christ came, beloved, as he came with all the sins of the elect on his mighty shoulders, he went to the cross with him. Nineteen hundred years ago, he went to the cross with our sin and blotted mouth. He took all the punishment of his whole body of all the elect, to call the punishment upon himself. And with that punishment upon himself, with the imputation of our sins upon him, he went to hell. He went to hell below. He, he, the Son of God in human nature, the Son of God, the eternal Son of God, went in his human nature to hell so that, When he went to hell, he could only have to be there for a moment because he was the eternal Son of God to remove sin and hell forever. And that's what he did. Believe that? There's no hell for us. Believe that? And because, beloved, it was the Son of God the human nature, the eternal Son of God in our flesh that went to hell, therefore, he merited much more than the mere forgiveness and cleansing of sin. He merited for us eternal life. In glory. Believe that? That's justification. That's justification. And that's first. That's first. And therefore, beloved, let us say it once more, shall we? Say with me, I am a sinner saved by grace. I am a sinner, justified freely, eternally, in Christ and the cross. And my justification means not only the pardoning of my sins, but also everlasting life and glory. That's what we do confess here this morning. Well, the rest is not so difficult, beloved. The rest of our catechism here in Lord 824. The next uh, uh, question speaks of uh, the reward. Do not our works merit? Works merit. Do we not have a reward? And the answer is, and that's always the reformed answer, that reward is not of merit, but of grace. We can merit nothing. Oh, sure. The Bible speaks of reward, beloved. speaks very often of reward. Just to... Uh, read, for instance, uh, the first two chapters of the book of Revelation. Now I mean the second or third chapter. And you'll find uh, that it is repeatedly uh, mentioning the reward, and the reward also connected with our works, very plainly so below. For instance, in verse 7, Revelation 2, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh, I will give to each of the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. The reward to our overcoming is that we can eat of the tree of life in the midst of the paradise of God. The same is true in verse 11. The promise to the church is smarter. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. And so it is throughout these chapters. Also pergamers to him that overcometh I give to each of the hidden and manner, and I will give him white, a white stone, and in that stone of no name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. So it is in all, all the epistles, even to uh, the last church, that corrupt church, beloved. Laodicea. The even there we have promised. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me on my throne even as I overcame and am set with, down with my father in his throne. All of the whole Bible is full of promises. and Promises of reward. But never forget, beloved, that a reward to be sure, is connected with our work, no question of it. We must never say that the reward is not connected with our work. It is. But we must always emphasize, beloved, that the reward is from beginning to end of grace because it is all of grace. It is of grace that God chose us to be his people. It is of grace that God ordained us to be a church in Christ. It is of grace that God ordained for every one of his people in the world a certain position. and certain powers, and certain works, which he must, and can, and will, and may do. That's all of grace. God has ordained the place of every one of his children in the church. Prophets, Apostles, Evangelists, Ministers, Elders, Deacons, Members, God has ordained the whole thing. And, if we may fill the place which God has ordained for us, and if we may do the work which God has assigned to us in that place in truth and by faith then of course we have reward to be sure but just as that place and that power and that spiritual power is a power of grace so The fact that we may have the rewards upon that work which he accomplished is also grace. It's grace, grace, grace from beginning to end. We have never anything to boast whatsoever, beloved. Nothing. The grace of God is all. And from eternity to eternity, God has so ordained his church it should be grace, and his grace should be glorified. And in eternity, that is all we shall ever do, we shall glorify the grace of God, never never ourselves. Grace. And finally, beloved, the catechism touches the question as to whether it is not uh, perfectly proper then Uh, that we simply walk in sin. Seeing uh, that our good works have no uh, uh, really reward, or at least merit, it may be perfectly proper uh, that we simply walk in sin. Catechism doesn't put it that way, but nevertheless it puts it this way. Doth not this doctrine make men careless and profane? That same thing. It's not the conclusion from what I preached this morning, beloved, that you go home and say, All right, and then I don't have to do anything. Then I sit down and never work again. I don't care for doing any good work. Is that the conclusion? The catechism says, doesn't argue. The catechism doesn't argue. The catechism says, impossible. Impossible. And that's what I say to you. In conclusion, below. You cannot say to me, if that's the way you preach, dominate, then I have to do nothing. and Then I do not have to do any good work. You cannot say that to me. Why not? Because, I tell you, if you are a Christian, if you are, that is, if you believe in your heart, what I preached, if you believe uh, that uh, that you are righteous and not by works, but that your justification is first, if you believe uh, that you have that justification by faith only, if you believe that, then I say to you, beloved, it's impossible. You can never say, as a Christian, all right, then I don't care to do good works. The very opposite is true. If the grace of God dwells in our hearts, and that grace of God spurs us on, beloved, spurs us on to fight the good fight, even unto death. Spurs us on to walk before God in sanctification of life. We can't help it, let me say. No more than that. We don't want to help it. Then we must, and we can, and we will, and we love to do good works. And fight against sin, and fight against all the powers of darkness. Impossible. Amen.